0: Many of you know that we're in the middle of a series called Anointed Walking in God's Power. And something I want to tell you, in case you've missed any of these messages, you can listen to them on our podcast. You could go on our website. And I encourage you to listen to them because each message builds on the previous week. Um, So there's certain. obviously we're not going to cover all the details of everything that we talked about the week before. So it's really important for you to be up to speed to what we're talking about. So one of the major things I mentioned last week, when in thinking about extension cords, extension cords that carry power, each one are different. They come in different colors. They come with different material to be able to handle different uh, pretty much voltage of power. So for us, when it comes to God, God wants to make us and our lives of a certain material, you could say, so that we could be able to handle and walk in God's power in our lives. And as we build on this material, God is able to do more and more through our lives as we surrender our lives to God. And three things I mentioned that is vital is number one is knowing our identity. When we don't know who we are in God, that limits what God could really do through our lives, not because God can't do it, but we're not allowing him to do it. We need to know who we are in Jesus, and that's, gonna, that's crucial, because the more you know who you are in God, the more you're able to walk in his power in your life. But it's not not just knowing about your identity, it's also about knowing your purpose. And I know some of us, we don't know what our purpose is, but it doesn't mean that you just be like, all right, I don't know what um, what my purpose is. I mentioned last week, get busy with what's in front of you. We're all called to love God, make disciples, and to change the world. There's so many things for you to do today. It's not for you to drift and go through cruise control in your life until God hits you with a lightning bolt and you're like all of a sudden, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. No, God through Scripture has told us what we're supposed to do. When you start walking in your purpose, you'll see that God's power is there to meet you there. As you go through that journey. So knowing your identity and walking in your purpose, the more you know your purpose, the greater God's anointing will be in your life in that niche as you're walking in that. And the third thing is obeying God's word. So think about this. I don't know what type of material you're made out of. I don't know how much of God's identity, like your identity in God, you know. I don't know how much of God's purpose in your life, you know, and I don't know how much you obey God's word in your life. But to the level that you do those three things or understand those three things and walk in those three things to that level, that's the level of the you could say the voltage of God's power that you could walk in in your life. When there's someone that doesn't know their identity, the enemy is just playing games with their mind and life all day long. They're not able to walk in God's power because they don't even realize who they are in God. When you're not walking in your purpose and doing what God's called you to do, you're off aligned. You're not aligned in the things that God wants you to accomplish. And obviously, when you're not obeying God's word, you're obeying Satan's word, you could say. Because the enemy's whispers has become greater in your life than God's word. So how is God going to move in power in your life when you're not obeying his word? So every single person here, spiritually, we're all different extension cords. And you need to decide through your choices which one you will be when it comes to that. I mentioned last week, too, that... uh, Um, pretty much Jesus, he was tempted in Luke chapter 4. And one of the things I mentioned is that the enemy, the major thing he was after is Jesus not to realize his identity. Obviously, he said, and what I mentioned before, he said, if you're the son of God, if you're the son of God, of of course, Satan knew he was the son of God, turned this stone into um, bread. And then also we know in the third temptation... He said, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. And he went off to say, obviously, that the angels were going to take care of him. And some of us, we focus on Jesus being tempted as him being hungry, focusing on the physical aspect. But the enemy was after Jesus to forsake his identity. If you are the son of God. And even the second temptation, which we're going to go over now, We're going to read this verse. It says this. He didn't say, if you are the Son of God, but he said this. It starts off verse 5. The devil led him up to a high place, showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world, and said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. The next statement, um, the enemy says... If you worship me, it will be all yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That statement there, pretty much what the enemy was um, trying to do, it was that it's all about identity as well. Because if Jesus would have worshipped Satan, he would have forgotten who he was. It was all about identity. That question, that temptation was all about identity. Because if Jesus would have worshipped the enemy, you could say, like all of a sudden Jesus forgot who he was. And identity is so crucial. And we cannot forget, and for you to even see this a little bit more, we could turn to Luke chapter 3, and this is where we're going to focus on. In Luke chapter 3, before Jesus was tempted and before the enemy was able to focus and try to question and try to get Jesus to forsake his identity, it says this, Luke chapter 3, verse 21. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened. I don't know about you, but I want to live a life where heaven is open over my life. Where heaven is open. And I, th- I thought that's so amazing because we know that Jesus was, be- uh, was being baptized out of obedience, Him being obedient. And then it also says, and as He was praying, heaven opened. Obedience and prayer. And a life focused on God, knowing who you are, opens the heavens. I don't know about you, but over your life, I don't know if heaven is closed because you're not aligned to the blessings of God. Because if you want to walk under open heavens, you need to be obedient. And even here, when we even see this aspect about baptism, Jesus was being obedient to be baptized as well. Those that are getting baptized today, you're following Jesus' example. Jesus himself was baptized too. And the same way that with Jesus, heaven opened. Today, here in the city of Elizabeth, heaven is going to open over this church. Heaven's going to open and over this church because of obedience, because of prayer, Because of people wanting to walk under God's power and being anointed by him. And God comes through and God meets us here. And let's continue in verse 22. Heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. So the Holy Spirit came down upon Jesus and a voice from heaven, and a voice came from heaven. And what did, when you think about this, the voice that came from heaven could have said so many different things. So many different things. But that voice was focused on Jesus. And and, and the voice said this, You are my... You are my son what is this about it's about identity so here you have father god reminding jesus you are my son you are my son identity and just one chapter later there's temptation from the enemy and what is the enemy trying to do get him to forget that he is the son of god identity is so important so he says you are my son whom i love and with you i'm well pleased and what's amazing here too is that right there not only does he solidify that you're my son identity he says whom i love jesus knows that he's loved and then he also says um With you, I'm well pleased that he's accepted. And what's amazing too, what's amazing too, is just the fact that Jesus hasn't even started his ministry yet. So he's accepted and there's no activity or ministry even being done yet when it comes to him being launched in ministry. So I wonder how many of us base our love like that, we we know that God has for us, but we base it on what we do, the activity that we do, or the busyness that we do. But here we see with Jesus that Father God solidifies an identi- um, the identity of Jesus, saying that you are my Son, who who you're um, who you're loved, and He's well pleased with. And continuing in verse twenty three, it says this: Now Jesus Himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. And we'll stop there. So there we see that even before Jesus went out to ministry, even before the enemy was able to tempt them and focus on the identity, Father God solidified it. So when it comes to identity, I want to say this, and it's going to be behind, the, uh, behind me right now too. It says this. Number one, Your identity is not defined by your work or ministry. And I wonder, our true identity is not defined by our work or ministry. What is your identity defined by? Is it by what you do? So many times if I ask someone, it's like, you know, who are you? The first thing that they'll say is what they do. Whether it's at work or ministry or whatever it is, that sometimes we wrap around who we are, but our true identity is not defined by your work or ministry. The next one is this. Your true identity is not defined by your name or nationality. It's not. Our true identity is not defined by that. Obviously, we have our names so we can identify each other but we even know that God's in the business of changing names. So here it's like so many of us, were more proud of our nationality, you could say, than the fact that we could be a child of God. So here it's like we need to realize that our true identity is not defined by your name or nationality. The third point I wanna say is this, your true identity is not defined by your education or degrees. We might feel like our identity is based on the degrees that we have hanging up or the education that we have because the moment we say what we've accomplished, it makes us feel good. And obviously, it's something to celebrate, but your true identity is not based off that. There's so much more to true identity. Another point, your true identity is not defined by your wealth or power. It doesn't matter how much money you have or how much money you don't have. It doesn't matter how powerful you are or how much power you don't have. Because we know that God holds all the wealth and all the power. And if for some reason you feel like your identity because of what you own, maybe your house, maybe your cars, maybe your bank account, maybe because of your position, if for any reason an inch within your heart and soul you start to puff up because you feel because of those things it's made you who you are and it's your identity. Those are whispers from the enemy that you've believed. Because we know very well that all wealth could disappear within seconds All power could disappear within seconds, too. I've known people that they've anchored their lives in wealth and power, and when they've lost it, literally their life fell apart completely because their life and their identity wasn't anchored in Jesus. Another one, too. Your true identity is not defined by the labels placed on you by other people. Right now, this moment, in this room, how I mentioned, spiritually, there's labels, posted notes that have been placed upon our lives throughout our entire lives. Some of us, since we were a child, I personally could remember clear as day certain things said to me when I was in sixth grade that really scarred me for many years until I let it go and gave it to God. So for you, what might it be? Because those post-it notes, those labels, you might think that it doesn't affect you. You might think it's not a big deal. But those very things that you've placed over your life, you've allowed to be placed over your life. By you believing in them, you're pretty much taking space away from God doing what he needs to do. But it's up to you. You see, your true identity is defined by who you choose to call father. That's your true identity. Your identity is not everything else I mentioned. Your true identity is defined by who you choose to call father. Because whoever you call father, then you're their son or daughter. But I want to let you know, just because you might call and say Father to Father God, you still might be walking in a whole different direction. Because a lot of times our actions speak louder than our words. And you could be saying that God is your Father, but when you walk throughout your life, it's really Satan that's your Father. Because your actions, you look like the enemy, you could say. We know as children, when, whenever you see kids, they imitate their parents. Whether it's, it's for good or for bad, children imitate their parents. Even up to this day, there's sometimes I say certain things or do so, certain things, and I'm like, man, that was my dad. I just, I, I just did what my dad would have done. Even my dad passed away in 2002 And obviously, I'm 43 right now. And after so many years, I still do or say certain things. I'm like, oh, that's just like my dad. Because you imitate your dad. So if Father God is your father, are you imitating Father God? Are you obeying Father God? Do you know your identity? Because your identity needs to reflect God. And you might be looking at me and you're saying, you know what, Carlos? It's like, but God is all of our father. But that's not true. We're all God's creation. But you choose who your father will be. You decide who your dad will be. Is it going to be Father God? Or is it going to be the enemy? And I'm going to show it to you through Scripture. In Romans chapter 8, Verse 14, it says this. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Right there it says it very clear. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So if you're being led by the Spirit of God, walking aligned with Him, walking in God's power, you're His children. So what's the opposite of that? The opposite of that is if you're not led by the Spirit of God, you're not God's children. You're God's creation, but you're not God's children. Because it's your choice on who your dad's going to be. And what's amazing is that God gives us a choice because of Jesus dying on the cross. Because with Jesus dying on the cross... we have a choice, as we surrender our lives to Him, as we surrender all the posted ne- notes you could say that's been placed on us throughout our lives, we could get the identity in the relationship as being a son or daughter of God. I'm going to give you another verse. In First John chapter three, verse 10, it says this. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother or sister. 1 John three, ten. So how I mentioned before, Like today is a very special day. It's a day that we have baptisms taking place. And let me tell you something. Baptisms is all about identity as well. Because when you choose to get baptized, you realize that and you're proclaiming that you're choosing your father. And let me tell you something. No matter how bad or no matter how good your earthly father has been. Don't compare your earthly father to the heavenly father. Because even if you had an amazing earthly father, our heavenly father goes billions of of pretty much uh, degrees greater than whatever our er earthly father could have done. And at the same time, too, if your earthly father wasn't one, that loved you and cared for you and accepted you. We have a heavenly father that loves you, that accepts you, that pretty much, like we know that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for us. And he loved us before we even chose him and loved him back. That's love. So how I mentioned before, baptism, it's all about identity. Because when, when, when you get baptized, you're choosing to have your heavenly father as your father. You're proclaiming that God is your Lord and Savior. That Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You're realizing who you are. You realize that you don't want your old life anymore. Because symbolically, when you go underneath the water... You're pretty much leaving your past behind and you're coming out of water in new life, the new life that God has given you. Baptism is choosing who your father will be. Baptism is proclaiming that your life belongs to God. Baptism is declaring, it's like, you know what? You're tired of living for the enemy You're tired of maybe not knowing what your identity is. You're choosing to give your all to God. And today we have five people that have decided, it's like, you know what? They've realized that God loves them, that God accepts them, that God's delivered them, brought them on a journey of newness that has a destiny for their lives, and they want to make sure that not only we know it here, of course, because they're doing a public declaration of it, but they're serving notice for, for the enemy to know as well, for spiritually, for there to be shock waves throughout the spiritual world, that their lives belong to God. But have you made that same decision? Because every single person here, you choose who your father will be. You choose who you will follow. You choose the labels that you're going to believe in. And I know for myself, I'm going to walk in this walk knowing I'm a child of God. No matter what whoever else might want to come by and say certain things about me i know who i am in god and i'm going to walk in that for the rest of my life but i don't know if you're willing to do the same so even today we have a baptism and maybe this morning you came and you might have not even know there's a baptism But the way we do baptism is that if you choose to get baptized, you can even today, even if you're not prepared to be baptized, we have everything that you need to be baptized out back. We pretty much have change of clothes that you need. We have towels. We have everything that you need. And we have the gowns that you could wear. So for you here... If you came here for church, let me tell you something. You might have decided just to come to church, and I've said this before, just to check it off as something good to do during the week. But I'd rather you come today and choose who your father will be and declare that God is going to be the king of your life then for you to show up to church every Sunday for the rest of your life and never make a decision on who your father will be. Because just because you're physically here in these seats doesn't mean that Father God is your father through your choice. Because only God knows who you follow during the week. If everyone could bow their heads... I want you to look at your own life. And I realized that here today, there's people that have already been baptized as well. But you know, even though you've been baptized, people have labeled you and people have tried to challenge the identity you have of Jesus as, as well. But if you know that today, you don't want to listen anymore to the whispers of the enemy, That you want to walk in the the truth that you are a child of God. No matter what. I want you to even stand where you are right now at this moment. Just stand in this room. Stand in this room if you know that for too long you've believed in the post-it notes that have been given to you. Stand in this room if you know that in your heart, in your heart, you've believed in the whispers of the enemy because you wrote down on the post-it note different things that were said to you. And if you know that you need to let go of that, here on the side is a cross. Here is on the, uh, uh, on the side of cross, symbolic, of course, of Jesus. And I want you to come forward and I want you to lay your post-it note here knowing that you're letting go, letting go of what people have said to you, and you're embracing who you are in God. So right now, this moment, those of you that are standing, you could take those post-it notes, and even if you didn't stand up, and you know that you wrote notes on that post-it note, that you believed in even up to this moment, and you want to surrender. I want you to come forward and lay it at the cross right now. Just come forward. But as you come forward, you're releasing it. Letting the enemy know you're not going to believe in this anymore. And surrendering your life to God. So come forward. Many of you wrote those um, statements or those words on the post-it note. You could place it on the cross. Surrendering it to God. Choosing not to believe anymore the things that have been said over your life. But you're going to believe what God has said about your life. You could come forward. Because one of the most powerful decisions you could make is releasing, releasing, choosing not to believe the lies that the enemy have said to you. So many of us have believed what the enemy have said. But God wants to set you free so that you could walk in the identity of who you are in him. I don't know about you, but I know that God wants all of us to walk a life that's anointed, walking God's power. And the more we know our identity, the more that we know our purpose, the more we obey God's word, we're able to walk in his power in a greater measure. So you could come and put the labels that the enemy have tried to put on you. Some of you have kept his labels for decades in your life. Decades. But today is the day that you're being set free and delivered because of what God did. We're no longer believing the lies of the enemy. We no longer want to live in the fear that the enemy has created. But we want to be able to walk in the truth that God has given us. So come forward. And just know that during the time of worship, at any point, you could come forward. Because I know there's more people that wanted to come forward. But at this moment, you chose not to. Now, just in a few seconds, we're going to experience a baptism where we're going to see five lives declaring their commitment to God. But I believe in my heart, there's others in this room that haven't been baptized. And you know that your life right now needs to be walked under open heavens. You know that you really haven't chosen, in a sense, to give your life fully to God. And if that's you, you have that opportunity today. Because you could declare that your life belongs to God. You could declare that God is your father. You could surrender your life and start a new day today, symbolically leaving your old life behind and coming up in newness. But the choice is yours. What's going to keep you back from giving your all to God? When is the perfect time? Are you going to wait for a perfect time? Today is the perfect time. Because today is the day that we are together praying, believing God. And we don't know tomorrow's not promised for any of us. And if today you want to choose to declare your love for God, declare your commitment to God, and say, Father in heaven, you are my dad. And I want the whole world to know I don't care what anyone else might say. This is about me and my relationship with God. So right now, the worship team is going to sing a worship song, asking the Holy Spirit to break out, asking God to open the heavens and for heaven to come down. And if you want to be baptized, right now we have Pastor Debbie here on the side. And if you want to be baptized, you could come right over, see Pastor Debbie We'll take you right to the back. We'll give you everything you need. We came prepared for you. The only thing holding you back is your choice. That's it. It's your choice. Who will you choose to live for? And also, I'm going to encourage you. There's nothing like living a life with an open heaven above you, knowing who you are knowing your purpose, and obeying God. So during this worship song, we're asking you, if you want to get baptized, to come right here to the side with the pastors.